Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eat Local New York podcast. That's right. We've changed. We've switched. We've adapted. We've grown from Eat Local CNY or Central New York to Eat Local New York. I've mentioned it before in the in the past on podcasts and in conversations, but we've had Eat Local CNY that is a business we've been around for over four years. For the past two years, we've been selling this discount card that works at over 120 local restaurants. And we also started Eat Local Rockland County, which is down near New York City. Um, I'm sure Rockland County hates being described as the place that's down near near New York City. But Rockland County is down near New York City. My brother, my older brother, Gabe, lives down there. And he and I started Eat Local Rockland. It was just a copycat of Eat Local CNY, selling the same uh, discount card that gives a cardholder $5 discount off of a purchase of $25 or more at any participating restaurant. And long, long, long story short, we decided to join forces instead of having, which we've always wanted to do, have an Eat Local Buffalo, Eat Local Rochester, Eat Local Albany, to just combine them all into one and have Eat Local New York. So one company that promotes locally owned restaurants all around New York State. So now we're Eat Local New York. Hello and welcome. Uh, today's episode, I sat down and got to talk with Chef Steve Samuels, legend here in kitchens in Syracuse, New York. He's worked all over the place, some of the best restaurants um, in the area, Ambrosia going back, uh, Alto. I mean, just he's worked in some great places, Original Grain, Exo Taco. Now he's at the Gilded Club, uh, putting food out of their kitchen and doing a good job with it. And yeah, today's conversation is actually our second. We had recorded this episode about a month ago, and then unfortunately, uh, my wife and I had a break-in at our house, and uh, that person or individuals were able to sneak off with my backpack containing all of our media gear, or 90 per, not 90%, maybe 60% of our media gear, uh, my computer, external hard drives, camera, and unfortunately, the memory cards that I had our first podcast with Steve recorded onto. So he graciously came back down and we sat down here today uh, for a while and just talked about absolutely nothing and everything. Uh, I hope you're going to enjoy this conversation. I know I did. And we talked shit in this episode, in this conversation. And uh, I don't care because it was an honest conversation between uh, two adults. So, I hope you enjoy this episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I just want to give a big shout out to our sponsors for this week's episode, Talking Curse of Brewing Company. Uh, we picked up some of their beers to enjoy during this episode. Bobby fans are people to a double New England IPA, 7.6%. Absolutely delicious. And my new favorite beer from Talking Cursive. So go down and pick up a four pack or a bunch of cans or some drafts or whatever you want to get from them. Uh, Bobby fans or people too. delicious beer from talking curse of brewing company. And I also want to give a big shout out to friends of ours over at peaks coffee company, doing great work, roasting, delicious coffee, doing an amazing job, Sam and Kelsey running the show over there. Phenomenal cafe, amazing coffee. Can't say anything more about them. Go check out peaks coffee company in Syracuse. And finally, Gearhar's Restaurant Equipment and Supplies. Listen, if you're a restaurant, if you're a commercial kitchen, uh, and you need anything, you need a restaurant designed or built or the equipment for it or any smallware item or supply item, go there. 
And if you are listening to this and you just want some really great utensils or supplies or smallware items or even equipment to have in your home kitchen, then go check out Gerhars. They're located at 220 Teal Ave. You can also find them online at Gerhars Equipment and GerharsSupplies.com. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Chef Steve Samuels. But anyway, um, I forgot where we were, but um, I mean, we, we serve nice food. But being a speakeasy, the first thing people want to do is have a drink. Yeah. That's why they go there. Also, um, a lot of our people who come in are actually, it's later on at night, it's before last call, they just want to grab a quick pop and go. Yeah. They can't. Yeah. Are you guys doing anything where you just charge them? Or like the York is? Well, you know, we started doing the, uh, you know, hey, we're going to, for your first drink, we'll tack on a freaking quarter, and here's a pretzel. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're still doing that, but, it, you know. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it really is weird. I don't understand. I mean, I guess I kind of understand a little bit of why, you know, like their thought is, you know, they don't want people out to bars to just, like, have it, you know, get hammered and socialize. I, absolutely. But, you know, the thing is, once again, like I, I was just saying, I've never been one to pit upstate versus downstate. Yeah. But the problem is... Manhattan, the Bronx, yeah. Queens. For sure. It is not us. Yeah. And I mean, that's like, I mean, that's undercutting one of like the most profitable thing in a restaurant is somebody being able to just go and sit down and have a drink. Yep. I mean, absolutely. They make more money off of that than anything else. Yep. But not only that, it's affected traffic. That's the thing that blows my mind. I mean, you know, yeah, we know the, the fact that, uh, you know, a beverage, uh, the markup on a beverage is rather high as compared to a steak, but you're not getting people to walk in the door. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's weird. You know, like I've talked to a lot of people, um, just, you know, the people I work for and the people that I am just friends with. And it's really amazing to hear such staggering differences. I mean, people I'm friends with in Baldwinsville, their restaurant is dead during the week and then they'll get crammed one night and then uh and they have no idea why you know nothing has really changed um and then there's other people i talk to who are slamming every single night right absolutely i mean i guess that goes with the brand of the restaurant and all that kind of stuff but i've been hearing from a few i'll say this that last thursday night i went down to three lives uh, that's opening up, and the guys down there invited me in to kind wait, of check wait, it out. I've heard of this. What is this? Three Lives is going to be basically a barcade. So they've got oh oh oh, dude, right across yeah. the street. I stopped in and talked yeah. to them the other day. They're all right. they're great people. Yeah, and I hope it's great. I hope they do a great job. Zach's uh, Zach, the chef, uh, had him on last episode. I, I tried like uh, I love Zach. He was throwing like so much food in front of me, um, and everything was good. It's like gourmet fast food, basically. Right, right. Um, their bartender uh, put gave me three drinks, three really good drinks. Was it Josh? Yeah. Um, I uh, worked with him a long time ago. Okay. Good yeah. dude. Good dude. And he knows his shit. Yeah. Yeah. So they were doing, you know, and they were like sitting there. They made this one drink like seven times I was there trying to perfect it. So, I mean, they're going to, you know, it's 
there's nothing else like it in Syracuse, yada, yada, yada. But anyways, I was down there Thursday night hanging out with them late, and downtown was packed. I mean, even the bar cycle was going, you know, like... Right. So wait a minute. You said this is a Thursday. This was a Thursday night. Downtown was packed. Downtown was packed at like 9 p.m. I mean, Funkin' Waffles, because Adam came over for a little bit, and he was like, I've got like a minute, and they pulled up like the camera in his kitchen on his phone, and he was like, those are a bunch of tickets. He had to leave. Wow. I mean, the York was, I mean, places were busy. The York is always packed. Um, Kyle at Kasai said he's been crushing it. I, by the way, love Kyle. I go, that's my go-to spot in Armory Square now. Yeah. Because let's say that I'm in the middle of of a shift and uh, there's a little lull and I'm hungry. I just go down there and grab myself a bowl of something and it's always fucking great. I just had lunch there right before this. Cool, cool, cool. And Um, he's so cool and his whole staff is cool. Yeah. It's, um, it's, there's no rhyme or reason to it, to right now, you know, to traffic or anything that's happening in terms of who's getting customers or how many or what night. Oh, my darling is another one. Oh, my darling said, uh, Monday nights are now their busiest. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. Besides brunch on like, but like Monday evening is their busiest. That's amazing. It's so weird. I don't. I don't get it. I really don't. I mean, I. I mean, I've said. I've made a lot of assumptions throughout all of this, uh, like most people, right? Uh, and uh, except I don't know anything, and so. I've, but I've made a lot of assumptions, and you know, I've been wrong. Listen, I want to change the subject really quickly. So I've heard and heard and heard and heard about talking cursive, and I've never had it. Yeah, man. Bobby fans are people too. This. Double IPA. This is a delicious beer. It really is. It's the first time I've had it. It's really, you know, the thing is there's, and I'm a freak about hops. I love hops. Everyone's blah, blah, blah. We don't like hops anymore. It's not in style. Let's have it. But this one's not over the top. And I don't mind a lot of them that are over the top, but this one's just fucking soothing. It's kind of sweet. Yep. Yeah. That's actually a good beer. Um, Shout out to Talking Cursive. I, uh, yeah, they're a, Good little brewery, man. I right need to start uh, making them part of my thing, I think. Yeah. It's, um, since you were here last, so I will, I'll, for those who don't know, who are listening or watching, we recorded this conversation, like, what, three weeks ago, two weeks ago? I think it might have even been a little longer, like really? four, maybe. Yeah. So um, I had it packed up on my memory cards, you know, ready to edit it. And unfortunately, at my house, we had a home robbery, and they stole uh, my backpack that had my laptop and camera, but all of my memory cards, Jesus. and both of my external hard drives. So, uh, so I had nothing. So we're here again, recording it for a second time. Um, but since then, one thing that's changed is we've gone from eat local CNY and just Central New York to eat local New York State. So now we're promoting, like we're focused on the entire state of New York. And I say that to say, I've been lately going throughout Buffalo and Rochester and everywhere, just on social, on Instagram, trying to find all these places to follow that I, you know, never really focused on because it wasn't central New York. I cannot get over the number of large breweries that exist in New York State. Oh, yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. It's crazy. Thin Man, for example. Oh, my God. And by the way, they're doing it right. Yeah, for sure. I just had one of their beers. Uh, uh, I'm going to pull up this picture because I took a picture of it. Um, 
tension breaker. Oh yeah, it's a Pilsner over. I just right, had that right, at Kasai. Right. That's a good beer, man. Yeah. Hey, listen. You know, I got to be honest with you. So, um, because I've always wanted middle ages to be great, mm-hmm. and I always thought they were good. But these beers, beers they've had for the last what year and a half or so, the batch, this, yeah. the batch. I think they're up to thirty-seven now. Fucking amazing yeah, beers. Good I'm stuff, really, man. really happy for them. Yeah. Cause I'd like to see them get a little bit more exposure. Yeah. They, um, I first, I've had their beer before, their Syracuse Pale Ale. That they, I've, you know, never, I, there is weird times. There, I'd go buy a six pack and love it and go buy a six pack and hate it. And then um, I really loved them when they did that batch with the noodles from right, Kasai. Right, right, right. And I had that and that was really good. Well, so you kind of hit it on the head there, though. Um, the Syracuse Pale Ale and, and others like it were strictly middle of the road. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. Right. Guess what? When it comes to beer, you're not going to offend anybody. Some people <laughs> yeah, are going to like it and some people are going to hate it and some yeah. people are going to fucking love it. Right. Um, I, I don't think they were taking a lot of chances, but th- these batch series that they're doing absolutely will stand up to any beer on freaking earth. Do you think there's too much beer in New York? You just said the phrase too much beer. That's <laughs> kind of silly, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, you'd have to ask a brewer. I mean, the reason I say it is, is, is the market viable for each of them? Well, that's a very good question. So th- what's going to happen is, I mean, some of them will drop out, especially yeah. with COVID. On the other hand, maybe COVID helped beer sales. Who the hell knows? Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, I think of uh, Buried Acorn. I couldn't. I you know I mean not to mention Tim is such a great human being. Uh-huh. Um, he and I are friends on Facebook, and so when I post about the break-in that day, like within two hours, he drove out and was like, "Here's a security camera for your house. I don't fucking use it. A. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I think I'm friends with him on Facebook too. Yeah. So those are nice fucking guys. Over yeah, there too. they are. So Buried Acorn did it very uh, well. They set up delivery immediately. It was really seamless, their whole system that they had set up for delivery. It was same-day delivery. Um, not to mention, when you ordered beer from them for delivery, they always threw in, like, an extra one, two, or three cans. I mean, they just did it right. Well, so, and that sounds beautiful, and, and that gets me to one, well, another weirdness mm-hmm. about this thing. Yeah. So, now and later, mm-hmm. Jason Purdy's one of the oh, yeah. greatest humans in central New York, mm-hmm. he was all geared up to start doing home delivery. Yeah, man. And they said, oh, no, no, you're not doing that. And I still can't figure out why. If other yeah. people are doing it, why can't he? I think it was the way that he just advertised it. In other words, it wasn't like, hey, we're going to deliver this. It was, hey, this is going to be like the ice cream truck. Right, right, right. I, they, they did that. Yeah. I, I get that. It was like, hey, this is a beer truck. Um, on the other hand, with everything that's happened... Yeah. You should be encouraging or they should be encouraging people to um, make sales any way they can because they have this thing called freaking tax revenue. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, and so, to, I mean, and he runs such a clean, wonderful business. Yeah. So why would you want to dick him? Yeah. It's, you know, that's a really smart operation over there because. And I, I love businesses that just like do it and stay there. They don't try and go gangbusters and. 
all right, you know, we're so busy now. We're going to add on these hundred other things. We're going to make it ten times as big. Or, add on to the building right. and make a patio here and freaking, you know, yeah. fireworks and shit. It works, and you stay there. And it's be- the, it, the whole thing is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you go in right now, this afternoon, you would be probably met with a smile, mm-hmm. a couple of local neighborhood Joes, yeah. and some freaking incredible beer. Yeah. And that's what Thursday night should be. Excuse me, Thursday afternoon should be about. Yeah, man. Yeah. And Thursday night. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Listen, I want to... This is kind of a plug, but I, it's, I, it's not actually meant as a plug. friend of mine... Pull the mic a little closer to you. Jamie Krause. I don't know if you know Jamie. That name sounds really familiar. Well, Jamie actually opened the old Remedy. Okay. I don't know what that is. Okay, so the Remedy was a um, kind of a dive... Okay. Right by the corner, next door to uh, Drex Subs, corner of Valley Drive and Seneca Turnpike, or as I like to call oh, okay. it, Second All Turnpike. <laughs> so he opened this up. He did such a nice job. He spent so much time. He did all of it himself. And it's a cute little bar, and hmm. everyone on earth should go there. Yeah. That's all. And That's what's all. it called? Is it called the Remedy? It, no, he, it's actually called the Night Drop because at mm. one time it was a bank. That's cool. In fact, Jamie slept in the vault for the last, hmm, I'm going to say three years. Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, so this place is his <laughs> life. But it's a cute little spot. I shouldn't even say cute. It's almost, you walk in, it's like, oh, this is the infamous freaking remedy. Give me a beer. <laughs> so it's in the valley. Yeah. It's called the, the Night Drop. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. open. Yeah. Wow. He's doing a great job. That's awesome, man. Good kid. It's amazing. It's, uh, it's pretty inspiring to see people opening and buying places during this do you know what here's one thing that makes me sad and i just read it and you probably already read it too ironwood pizza they're going out dude i mean i loved that place because as much as and i am a freak about a pizza regional yeah when i can take my little boy throw him in a car and take him out to the suburbs Mm. And have a great pizza and a great pizza experience. Yeah. I love those guys. And it's kind of a, a shame because, you know, what's going to happen there now? I mean, when you look at a place like that, they have a... This is the way a chef looks at it. Well, okay, it's four walls and some tables and a bar, blah, blah, blah. Wait. It's got a wood-fired fucking oven yeah, in it. Yeah, man. Yeah. And somebody, like, nobody should move in there and take that out. Right. And they probably won't because if, if whoever goes in there next is going to hopefully know how important and expensive that is to have something like that because it is very expensive to have a legit wood-fired right. oven. Um, I heard about that a couple months ago and, uh, you know, before it was like really... Official. I mean, I kind of suspected and I, yeah. I know a couple people that work there, but um, they were tight-lipped, good for them. Yeah. Um, but it was made public today and... Uh, I feel like the people that have been in this for a while are, I mean, listen, you, you're a lifer, you know, like you've been, I mean, we talked about this last time, but you know, you were at Ambrosia back in the day, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like one of the premier restaurants in downtown Syracuse, the best place to go for sushi and, and maybe central New York, but without a doubt, Syracuse, New York. Thank you. Um, so you were in this amazing restaurant doing amazing work and You've been doing this forever. 40-something years, right. dude. 
and I mean, you get the shit kicked out of you every day. Every it's not like oh, there's a season like oh, there's a busy season. It's ev- like even when it's bad, even when it's good, you're getting the shit you kicked know, out of you. I'm glad you said that. Um, people don't understand this business when they're looking from the outside in, and by the way, they shouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Nobody needs to see the sausage being made. Right. On the other hand, yeah. Restaurant employees, especially back-of-house employees, get their ass kicked every freaking day. It's like going to war. Mm -hmm. You gear up. You get all meaned up. like Actually, like a a football game. You get meaned up. You get dressed. You get your equipment. And then you go and you wage war. Yeah. And by the way, nobody is allowed to lose this war. Right. Yeah, because... Not only is it like a bad day at work if something goes haywire, but then it's the potential for all of these people, that all these customers to then go online and talk about how bad of a night it well, was. You're absolutely right about that. But, that, you, know, that, you know, comparatively, that's a recent thing. Mm-hmm. But also, when you just look at it, the fact that, hey, wait a minute. We're not putting the greatest food in somebody's mouth. Right. That's how you lose the battle. Yeah. I put something in somebody's mouth that was not up to my specs, which, by the way, so when, you know, there's been times when I was like, look, dude, we're not serving this. What do you mean? No, we've got to 86 it because I am not satisfied with this product. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. Let's say they delivered some shitty produce, whatever. Right. Oh, you can't do that. No, no, no. No, believe me, (laughs) you have to do that because... I'm not going to have somebody walk out of here and say, oh, God, so we'll never go there again because this thing that was in my mouth was Mm. horrible. And that's another thing people don't understand about even people in this business. Mm. The final product of whatever you do, they don't put it in their pocket. They don't hang it on their wall. They put it in their mouth. Mm. It's something different than any other consumer product. Yeah, That's why I like it. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's just now I've never really, I mean, I've understood why, but I've never really understood why legitimate food critics go to a restaurant three and four times before they say anything about it. Right. And now just having this conversation with you, I get that. Uh, because you are dealing, I mean, somebody could have a bad night. It's one thing could be off. Yep. Yep. Or you as a critic. Could be off. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, the thing is, and and I'm glad you said that, um, there was a a funny little TV show here in Syracuse. This is many, many years ago. I'm not going to mention the dude's name. I don't even think he's alive anymore. But he used to go to restaurants on opening night (laughs) with a camera crew. (laughs) And you don't know how many restaurants he actually put out of business because he would have a camera crew there, and he would be describing this dog and pony show, which, by the way, most restaurants are their very first night. Yeah. Rip the place apart, laugh about it, and then I'm telling you, I had a friend of mine at a restaurant, a beautiful restaurant on Manlius. The night after the first night, he basically said, hey, dude, I give up because nobody's going to come here ever again. Jesus. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that a lot of critics... Yeah. We'll scout a place for a little bit. Yeah. On the other hand, Yelp has made everyone who has two thumbs and a smartphone Mm -hmm. a critic, even if their taste in food is limited to 
a Big Mac. Yeah. And that doesn't cut both ways. That cuts only one way. Yeah. Horrible. It's Cody has that from Deefy has that story of, you know, he takes every review seriously, like to heart. And there was some person that went online and like left a one star review of uh, Deefy one night. And Cody was so upset and distraught about it. And he like down the rabbit trail, he went into finding that person's profile and seeing all the other reviews that they had left of all these different restaurants. And it was like any good restaurant that, you know, you and I would consider Uh good had a one star review. And then like the McDonald's on Erie Boulevard had a five star review and, you know, all these different things. And yeah, it really does. I think, I don't know about the rest of the world, but for myself, I was just thinking about this on the way here. Somebody posted looking for a recommendation for whatever on Facebook. And back in the day, it was like, you know, all right, I trust Steve's opinion. I'm going to call Steve up and see if Steve knows somebody. Uh, Nowadays, everyone knows somebody and everyone is online. So everyone has a recommendation and it could wind up being a shitty person. No, absolutely. All right. Well, also, listen, I mean, to your point with Diffie, I worked for a guy who did nothing but look at reviews. Hmm. So every morning, the texts would start. Look at this review. Look at this review. Look at this review. How dare these people? How dare you? You're horrible. You're all horrible. You're all the worst people that ever lived. Jesus. And it's like, so one time I said, hey, look, you don't have to, because he would answer every review. Mm. You don't have to respond to every review. What do you mean you don't? No, you don't have to. These people have never eaten in an actual restaurant before. <laughs> you don't have to do one of them exactly like you said. Yeah. A one-star review, and then I went and I looked at his profile, and the only thing that was not a one-star review mm-hmm. was Walmart. <laughs> Everything else was a one-star review. And by the way, this guy was reviewing, and he was fake as hell because he was reviewing things in Sarasota and things in Stockton, California. <laughs> like, dude, you've never been there. You're just doing this because you're a dick. Yeah. That was a thing of people doing stuff like that to try and build a reputation and then eventually get a job or get yep, paid yep, to yep. do it. You know, it's amazing how much bullshit exists out. Th- well, I guess it's not amazing. Uh, I don't know if you're like me, but if you're like me, pretty much anything from almost any source online, I question now. Dude. I never used to be like that. I used to be like, oh, that's, you mean that's true? Okay, great. Now, it's like if it's coming off of the internet, I'm usually very skeptical. The internet basically is artificial. I'm going to use this. I don't mean this like AI. It's artificial intelligence. In other words, people look at this shit as being intelligent, and no, it's not. No, it's not. This is just John Q. Public who... Who yeah. basically let, let's talk about food? Who basically thinks that tater tots are the greatest things on <laughs> earth? And then he goes to an actual restaurant, and yeah. guess what? Tater tots ain't on the menu. <laughs> well, golly, how the hell are they going to have a restaurant with no tater tots? It's amazing Woo-hoo! that we just made them a hillbilly. That person, <laughs> I can't help it, dude. That's what I do. As a former Kentuckian, I won't take offense to that. Please don't. <laughs> you, dude, wait a minute. So, Kentucky, I conflate that with, what's his name, Rand Paul? Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. And He's then the, that other yeah. guy with the one who looks like a turtle. 
Oh God, uh, I, I want to say Mitch McConnell. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. That's it. So, um, yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, I'm just gonna restart the cameras real quick. So wait a minute, I'm not sure if I understand. So you're restarting them because uh, after a certain while they may get hinky or something like that. So the record time on these two cameras only lets you go for 30 minutes. Oh, okay. So, I see what you're saying. So I'll say this for anybody listening that's into the photography or videography. Because it was just explained to me this way. Uh, There's a different tax on a camcorder, a video camera, versus a still camera. Okay. So, although a still camera can take video, if it can go over 30 minutes, it's classified as a camcorder and it's taxed heavier. So, garbage. Yeah, so there's certain models of camera that they only do 30 minutes. And I don't know if that's to keep the price down or, you know, but. Um, well, you know, I mean, naturally, this lovely country needs as many tax dollars as possible. But right. at this point in time, keeping every penny out of uh, Uncle Sam's hands is a good idea as well. Yeah. Yeah, man. Mitch McConnell from Kentucky. I'm not a fan. I don't really know anything about him, but. Well, he's ruined everything, right? Um, and he's made a lot of other shit possible. But but what's interesting about him is the for years. I just listened to this on the Joe Rogan podcast. For years, apparently, he has been backing um, and helping, like uh, basically research of uh, UFOs. Well, that's helping us a lot. Yeah, right. Obviously, I mean, you know. Everyone, wow. everyone has a livable wage and has health insurance. Exactly. I mean, again, <laughs> this is the thing that kills me. That dude mm-hmm. that we're talking about and that other dude, Rand Paul, and all the other ones, yeah. they have a livable wage. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, they're getting like, I mean. For, and they work how many months a year? Yeah. Who was it that was just like their salary was like 750,000 or something. So then, but they would begrudge us. The people who, by the way, pay the taxes and are the engine. Yeah, man. They will begrudge us a living wage Mm -hmm. because they ain't us. Yeah. Do you identify like who, uh, well, I won't ask you who you're going to vote for, but, um, his name's Joe Biden. Yeah. Well now, but let me ask you that question six months ago. Oh, yeah. Well, anybody but Trump. Yes, I agree with you there. However, six months ago, we had the full gamut of Democratic candidates. That bothered me a lot. That there was, It bothered me that there were so many. So this is what I don't like about the Democratic Party, and I, I'm glad you brought this up. Listen, dude, to put up, what was it? I think it was 27 candidates at one time. Yeah. That doesn't help anything. Right. And then the way we get to this one candidate mm-hmm. was rather ugly mm-hmm. and kind of gross. Yeah. And it turns some people off. Now, I don't know if it's going to turn anybody off this time around because the stakes are so freaking high. Yeah. Um, hey, I like Bernie. Great guy. Yeah. Don't think he'd be a great president. I thought the same thing until I heard him. Uh, I hate to mention it again, but until I heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast, I love Joe Rogan to like be able to like 
Bernie Sanders basically was given like three hours to sit down and thoroughly explain himself. Oh, no, no. Listen, I get where you're coming from, and I love everything he says. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem. Yeah. None of his programs would get off the ground. Yeah, for sure. And so people have to think about things in the context of reality. And it's kind of sad that the context of reality right now is an old dude who <laughs> maybe doesn't understand a whole lot of what's going on. But Lord knows he understands a lot more than yeah. that other guy. But I'm going to guarantee mm -hmm. that he surrounds himself with actual talent. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he should surround himself with all of the other 27. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? I mean, they'd yeah. be great great attorneys general. They would be great vice presidents. They would be great um cabinet members. They're freaking forward-thinking people. As somebody who is a decision maker and has been a decision maker in restaurants for years, what do you think of a food business that gets political with what they offer? So in other words, like I think of two cons. I think of two things. I think of like that one restaurant who wound up closing in Liverpool because of like tax evasion or something. Who had like Obama's the uh, Michelle Obama's breakfast sandwich and it was like fifty five dollars and it was like uh, you know Obama's healthcare sandwich that was like like he just did stupid stuff. Okay, so that would be stupid. And also, but also with that. The same on the on the other side of that coin. So I just saw a bakery who posted cookies that just say "fuck Trump" on them. So well, I mean, the thing is, personally, I yeah. would eat the hell out of a cookie that said <laughs> "fuck Trump" on it. Um, on the other hand, truly, as as a business model, yeah, not really a great idea. Yeah, because hey, wait a minute. Actually, the politicians in the political world should actually listen to what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. You really have to serve everybody. Right. Not just one side or the other. Yeah. You have to serve everybody. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, I'm, I almost can't get the whole political thing off my mind because of everything I see on a daily basis. But I really don't think that uh, while I was working my craft, I'd be thinking about this shit. I right. would be thinking about it as putting as much fantastic <laughs> shit into people's mouths as possible. And I don't care who they are. Yeah. As long as they get the folding green stuff yeah. and they appreciate food. <laughs> That's really it. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something for us to, you know, there's last night, I don't know why I did this. I did it on a whim, but, um, well, I had, I had a guy on the podcast during COVID during quarantine phone interview his name is uh, Andrus Langston. He owns the Baking Steel Company, and um, uh, which they're the the pizza. It's like a, the quarter inch thick steel plate. Oh, dude, you told me about this, yeah. and I, it knocked me out. I got to really, really yeah. research this. I just put it on my Weber charcoal grill and did smash burgers last week Fuck. with it. They were good, really good. I think it's fucking blazing hot. Uh, but he was talking about um, years ago. He started just journaling. And not for any specific thing. It wasn't like he just started every right. day he would write. And he was talking about how that really helped him, like, get to the place of operating this really successful business. I started doing that shortly after the podcast. I've since 
stopped it just because I'm lazy. But last night, for some reason, uh, before I was going to bed, I had a thousand things on my on my mind, and um, I decided to sit down and write the different categories of areas of life I have, like things to do with the house, things to do with this business, things to do with that business, things to do with the job, and just write down all the projects that are in my head and then number them of what's important in an order. And I got to say, man, that really took a lot of space out of my brain. Oh, dude. So I used to write every single night. I used to read mm-hmm. for hours and I used to write for hours. Hmm. <clears throat> By the way, this is a long time ago. <clears throat> and I wish I still did it. And I, I stopped doing it and not because, oh, golly, I don't have time. <laughs> I, I stopped because, yes, I'm lazy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it enables you to organize the shit, the yeah. cobwebs, the bullshit that's in your head. Yeah. I need to do that actually today. Yeah. I've got, like, four projects going on. I've got, you know, I, I've got... I've got a shitty, shitty, shitty divorce going on. I've got a lot of shit to think about. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times when people um, are overwhelmed with mm-hmm. the amount of shit they have in their lives, they start saying, well, you know what? I guess I can just shoot from the hip. It's the only yeah. thing I can do. And you know what? Nobody wins that way. No. I was today walking around and I was my mind started to go to, oh, I have to do this. And then immediately... I thought, nope, you actually made your list last night, and you know that that's oh, number cool. six and number one is this. And it, immediately I was like, okay, on to the next thing. You know, I mean, when I used to, I used to run this wonderful steakhouse in beautiful DeWitt, New York, um, SNS, and um, that was my thing. Every morning when I woke, walked in the door, mm. Nine o'clock in the morning, I made a list, and yes, it was prioritized, yeah. and I never, there was no guesswork, and there was no forgetting shit. Right. And I've gotten so away from that, and then sometimes they, well, I'm better than that now, I'm smarter, and I'm cooler, <laughs> and no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, the moment I get back to where I'm going after this, I'm doing a freaking list. Yeah, yeah, man. It really, it helped put a lot of stuff, like, just clear it out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It was good. I've got uh, I've got the business here. Eat local New York. I've got my job. I've got a ton of things to do at the house. Um, I have chickens now. I've got to take care oh, of freaking chickens. <laughs> yeah, man. And Listen. So how old are your chickens right now? They are three, three or four weeks today. I think they're three weeks old today. So what do we think? Another four months before they start laying? Yeah, probably like I would say uh, August, September. I'd say November is Mm -hmm, what I'm going to guess. November, December. Which the downside there is that they typically stop laying in the winter. Because in the wintertime in in upstate New York, you can't let them out. Right. Like if the weather is normal, even if it's raining, I'll go and open up their door in the morning. And then I'll go put them back in at night, and that's it. They stay in an enclosed area during the day, you know, plenty of space to run and catch bugs and do their thing. Um, but in the wintertime, I can't do that if there's two feet of snow on the ground. Right. So they usually stay in their coop a lot in the wintertime. And the issue there is they're, they have to have, like, 14 hours 
of sunlight in order to really be in the routine of laying eggs. So I don't know anything about that, but I do want to say farm eggs are the greatest things that ever. I am an egg freak, by the way. I mean, I, you've probably seen the stuff that I post on social Mm -hmm. media because my favorite meal of the day is breakfast. Okay. Which means to me, I will make anything on earth. Yeah. And then add freaking a couple of sunny side eggs and I've, Got freaking breakfast. I'm about to have 3,000 eggs a year. Well, yeah. So I'm going to be a huge customer of yours. (laughs) Um, You know, one of my dreams, actually, and there's a space available in downtown Syracuse that has been available for literally years and at one time was a diner. And I want to do a diner. And I know, I know diners an old thing and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I don't think there's any more honest cooking. Yeah. Than breakfast cooking because you know what? You can't prep yeah. poached eggs. You have right. to do them a la minute. Eggs have to be cooked in the moment. Yeah. I used to uh, be the breakfast guy over at Alto Cinco. And uh, when I started doing that, there would be like two or three tables a day. Hmm. And by the time I was done doing that, every table was full. Wow. Every bar stool was full and every table outside full. Hmm. And I was still doing it all myself. Jesus. And it, those were some of the greatest days of my life. And I made no money. Yeah. I was broke as fuck. But you know what? Hmm. I flipped some goddamn eggs. I, and I made s- some great <laughs> shit. I made great, great shit. Dude, the huevos rancheros at Alto. That was, you know what? And I love huevos rancheros. And it's also the easiest thing on earth to put together. Yeah. So I used to pray. let's say it's a Friday morning and everyone's grabbing their breakfast before they go to work and the place would be jammed like can everybody please order huevos rancheros (laughs) and don't worry it's going to be the greatest thing you've had in months but please order that my wife and I that was our kind of like when we first started dating that was kind of our thing is we would like you know hang out Friday night and then Saturday morning we would go to Alto and get breakfast that spicy mocha that was good. I loved it. The waiter, like after our first visit, every other time he was like, huevos rancheros and the egg bowl. Yep. Dude, yeah. Absolutely. It was great. The one thing I wish, I wish Syracuse had some like legit Mexican. Like legit Mexican. So uh, I love Alto. And by the way, Alto and Ocho are owned by this woman, Joanna, who's the greatest woman perhaps on the planet. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal food. Two of my favorite right. restaurants. The thing is, one is Tex-Mex. Mm-hmm. And Otro, people don't understand. It's not Mexican. She doesn't yeah. want it to be Mexican. It is, well, originally conceived as Spanish. Right. However, because she's smart, mm-hmm. understands that tacos and burritos pay the fucking rent. <laughs> okay? So that's where that is. But on the other hand... That freaking octopus on the menu there yeah. is ridiculous. Pa- the paella is yeah. off the charts. It's real. It's actual paella. Right. Um, it's not the, I, I made rice with some stuff <laughs> in it. We're going to call it paella. <laughs> I once asked a bartender at Otro what the difference was between the two places. And she explained it to me that Otro is corn tortillas and Alto is flour tortillas. And she's wrong. But anyway, yeah, that's right. nice. <laughs> I, and God bless her. And yeah. By the way, uh, I, I do like that idea, though. 
No, but Elto is corn tortillas too. I know, but I do like the idea. I no, I, I, I guess I get it. But I mean, I was in it. I actually would go in there at ten o'clock every morning and make me and this dude Adam, whom I adore. Mm-hmm. We would make all the food, ten to five p.m., busting our asses making all the food. Yeah. Well, it's just like at Alto, where all the prep guys downstairs make all the food, and then it's shipped upstairs, and then some dude would like make a burrito out of it and go, I'm the star. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, you are the star. Do a good job. <laughs> but then Adam would go home to his lovely wife, and I would change my clothes and bartend, and uh, those were some of the greatest days of my life, too. I'd imagine that Alto and Otro are the two... The only two places in Syracuse where you can go in and experience the 90s in a kitchen for oh, dude. all its Oh, fuck worth. yeah. Where it's like a true passion for the food. Yep. But at the same time, it's like we don't really give a fuck. But we care a shit ton about no, our food. We care about the food, but and we care about you, um, but let's please not push it, all right, right. asshole? Yeah. And you can't really go in there and be mediocre either. Right. Like, yeah. Dude, you have to deliver every freaking day. Whereas, again, there's a lot of restaurants like, do you know, I, I hear these, I hear this phrase come out of a lot of kitchens and from a lot of cooks. They're like, uh, it's good enough. Like, if you just said it's good enough, yeah. then guess what? It ain't good enough. Right. Yeah. Um, and again, it's going in somebody's mouth. It, that crushes me. There is an ability for a restaurant, though, to fool me. So, for example, like, I could list probably six chefs or restaurants in this town that if they put something on a plate in front of me and said that it was art, that I would believe them. Okay. Um, Now, that's arguably because I don't have an extensive knowledge of what real food is. But there's a number of places that somebody could say, like for them, they could be phoning it in. They could be in the kitchen making my meal and they could be in fucking La La Land and not putting any effort into it. And if they put that plate in front of me, I don't think that I would be able to tell the difference. Really? Yeah. Yeah, wait a minute. I disagree because, you know what? Your taste buds are a good judge. Am well, I wrong? Uh, no. All right, here's a great example because this restaurant is out of business. Uh, so there's an old story of him when he was at a restaurant. By the way, I, I fired him twice, but anyway, go on. Um, there are people... And they, you know, exist. Uh, but there is a story of at an old re- at a restaurant in downtown. I won't name the restaurant because they are still open. Uh, but he was at this restaurant, and it was right, the story from the owner goes, that it was right when he was getting into the local everything movement. And that he refused to use any ingredient that wasn't 100% local to central New York. And because of that, he refused to put salt in any of Shut. his dishes. <laughs> because he should die. And so, uh, after like three or four nights of service of the restaurant owner, like f- a couple things getting sent back to the kitchen. Not all the food, but a couple yeah, but items. It, it had no flavor. Okay. The restaurant owner walked in the back and threw a bowl of soup at him and said, "If you don't put fucking salt in this, I'm going to fire you." Um, and uh, that's probably not exactly how it went down, but that's what I remember. So having said that, fast forward to is open. And I really like food. But the, the thing I hated most about that restaurant uh, was that I didn't know who was cooking my food. Right. Right after Jason left, I made this. I went in and was like, whatever 
you think I should have. And it, it sounds gross, but it was a peanut butter and jelly um, chicken and waffles. Okay. It was basically a, a waffle with peanut butter, a uh, quarter chicken, and then they had these like Concord grape uh, like compote that he had put I on can, top. I, okay, I can see that. It was actually really fucking good. And uh, not in anything that I would ever order on my own or expect, but it was really fucking good. And I said that night, I was like, this is the first time I've eaten at the restaurant, which we didn't go often, but I was like, this is the first time I've eaten here that I enjoyed it. What I came to realize is I could now tell when Jason was cooking because a carrot tasted like a carrot. Uh, Fig tasted like all of these things tasted like what they were. They weren't seasoned to kind of blend them together. They were just like, it was like sauteing carrots with like no butter or any seasoning. And then like, you know, roasted chicken with nothing and, you know, leeks with nothing. So wait a minute. You're talking to me about the fact, I mean, this is what I'm getting from that comment is the food that he put forth was honest to a fault, though unseasoned. Mm. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, did it taste good? No. That's where I'm going with this. <laughs> That's where I'm okay, going with it. So, okay, good. Yeah. Good. Um, listen, um, <laughs> once again, the final analysis is that it's going in someone's mouth. So you can have all these grandiose, I won't put salt on it. Hey, listen, by the way, this is the salt city. Okay. Yeah. So you can probably find some local and salt. And now we have the Syracuse Salt Company exactly. who's making actual salt from Syracuse. Yeah, but by the way, they've been in business longer than the. In the dishwasher yeah. and the whatever, right. yeah. the maitre d'. Um, <laughs> That's, is that going to be your next restaurant, the dishwasher and the maitre d'? Oh, my God. I cannot. Listen, I've already used profanity, but if I was to, <laughs> to describe that to you right now, I would be banned from everything. <laughs> it would be disgusting. Um, I'm talking about the name, not the food. Yeah. Um, so that just blows my mind. It's like. So I deserve kudos because I served food that was bland mm-hmm. and shitty. Right. What? I, okay, so the person in question, I had fired him when I first went to uh, Ambrosia. He was hmm. a graduate from some culinary school. One accolade I can give him is his grandmother I earned his neckerchief every day. So his <laughs> neckerchief was always on point. Couldn't cook. So I said, listen, I've got an idea. If you stop coming here, we'll stop paying you, okay? Yeah. So and then all of a sudden, we have a new menu coming out. And all of a sudden, the owner comes up to me and goes, I hired back. <laughs> okay, so we've got to demo this menu with the owners and their friends, who, by the way, were a, an unsavory lot mm-hmm. themselves. Who owned that? I mean, not to well, okay, so the, that comment, but... Uh, no, 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 no. So, because uh, the actual major owner was a guy named uh, Kevin Digney, who is now deceased, and I can tell you, ah. like, about when oh, he... Oh, wait, I know Kevin. Knew Kevin. You know, I mean, I remember when he staged his own kidnapping and yeah. uh, things you couldn't even imagine I witnessed. Yeah. But at that time, the person running it was his nephew, Ken, who, frankly, has a lot more savvy but was kind of nuts himself. I, I mean, did not know that Kevin Digney owned that restaurant. Dude, I can't even—the stories I could tell you, 
I've never seen anything <laughs> like it in my life. I could be thinking of the completely wrong person, but I don't think I am. Oh, no, I'm no. This sure. dude's family owned two huge corporations, Oberdorfer Foundries and Oberdorfer Pumps. They had Ronald Reagan over for dinner, his mommy and daddy, up on Woodchuck Hill did, Road. This sounds weird, but did he do septic, septic tank work? No. No. Oh. So, Man. no. So Man. this dude... He took. He inherited both of those huge corporations. <laughs> he had them both in bankruptcy within two years. Jesus. And then he raided their pension fund. Ugh. Meanwhile, he'd already opened up a restaurant. So his remedy, because you go to jail mm-hmm. for dicking around with a pension fund. Yeah. He would steal from the restaurant to throw back into this pension fund. Well, the first year was only let's say forty grand. The next year is a hundred grand. The next year it's two hundred and fifty grand. The next year it's, Jeez. I don't know, closer to a million. So the restaurant was never really financially stable. Yeah. Um, I will say that the night that he staged his own kidnapping was a very, very, very interesting <laughs> night, and he was actually found the next morning in a crack house on Salina Street. And this dude's older than me. This dude was in his 60s by then. I was just going to say that I wish we had, this sounds terrible, but I wish that there was a restaurant tour in Syracuse that oh, dude. acted that way today. But then I just realized that Empire is still in existence. It's not in existence. Yeah, it is. Empire? Ellicottville Brewing bought them. They bought the, na- the name. Oh, okay. Well, that's different. Also. I mean, that's... But David is working for them. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. He's still in, like, he's still in it. So do you, do you understand that once he got, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, uh, this is a complete change of subject and blah, blah, blah. By the way, I like David. I will say I was so proud of him when he regained the original empire. Mm-hmm. And it came back as strong as ever. And it was wonderful. Yeah. And then he opened up this brewing Casanova and it's gorgeous and wonderful and Food was horrible. But anyway, <laughs> did you ever eat there? I never ate at the uh, at the brew, uh, not in Kaz, but at the brew pub downtown a few times. And, and it was adequate. I mean, I had yeah. a good cheeseburger. No, dude, I ate at the brewery in Casanova once, and it was like, oh, my God. Really? Oh, you know, I mean, yeah. I brought my kid there, and he had a burnt-up cheeseburger, and he loved it. So yeah. whatever. He was, what, two and change years old at the time. Yeah. No, actually, I think he just turned three. Um. But I actually said to David, I go, hey, listen, dude, this is fucking great. But you know what? You need to protect the rock. You mean, Steve? You need to protect downtown. Mm-hmm. That's what made you your money, and you have to protect it. Yeah. Oh, I know. So then, you know, you remember I used to go in there on a Sunday morning, and it was jam-fucking-packed, mm-hmm. and you had Los Blancos playing. You had a really decent freaking brunch. You had a bunch of fun people, and the yeah. vibe was cool. The last time I went there on a Sunday morning, it was like yeah, I was the only person who had walked into the door. Years ago, maybe like, uh, Jesus, three, six, like going on seven or eight years ago. I had we had gone downtown for my girlfriend at the time. It was her, you know, thirtieth birthday party, and that place on a Friday night was in right fucking sane. 
he didn't give a fuck about it. After yeah. he opened up Casanova's like, I'm gentry. I don't need to think yeah. about the peasants in downtown Syracuse. Now, I never thought dick about them uh, until, um, you know, I would get like, if I was out, I would get a six pack if I was at Wegmans, uh-huh. uh, the beer. And uh, it was, you know, fine. The skinny at right, last. Right, right, right. Right. It was fine. Uh, they joined the Eat Local card, and I thought, well, there something must be wrong if Empire, you know, beer is joining the Eat Local CMY card, because it would be like if Possibilities joined the card, they don't need to, and they right, probably, right, right, they probably shouldn't. Um, but so I kind of thought, was well, something was up, and then all of a sudden, like within two months, everything happened. The thing that I am so bitter about when it comes to Empire is that, like the last the two or three or four weeks, that kind of like from when they were locked out to when everything fucking crumbled is that he was out there like, woe is me. You know, this is happening. That is happening. And granted, they raised my rent. Right. And granted, he was probably, you know, he was, you know, when somebody's fighting for their livelihood, they're Dude, gonna, his back was against the wall. Right. But he fucked a few people over in that. Sure. Month. Absolutely. Like as you're going out, as you know, the truth, you're still kind of fucking people over. Well, dude, the first time they went out of business, mm-hmm. do you, do you rem- remember? I don't remember that? that at all. I didn't even know that that happened until they went out the second time. The first time they went out of business, and that's why I loved, I, I, I gave so much kudos to David because he went to work as a stockbroker. Oh, I didn't know that. And he made enough money and he saved his nickels and dimes to buy back the empire hmm. and redo it. And I was like, what the fuck? Nobody gets to do that. He crushed yeah. The first time they went out of business, they they opened Syracuse. It was wonderful. And mm. by the way, Tim has always done a great job with yeah. their beers. Fucking A. And then they opened up Rochester. Yeah. And Rochester was really good. Really, really good. And then, without even taking a breath, they opened up Buffalo mm-hmm. in a warehouse in a part of town that they didn't research. It would be like me opening up you know where the Sears building is on freaking... I gotta reset these real quick. Okay. Not to cut you off. I just noticed that it went off. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's fucking technology. Dude, you got a great setup here. So it would be like me opening up a restaurant in the old Sears building on Salina Street. Like, no, dude, no. It's not going to work. So they all hated each other, and they were last seen fighting over the artwork in each restaurant and stealing from each other, and it was a really ugly breakup. It is amazing to think that like, places just can't... Um, places that... Like, it's really hard to transition cities in New York State. Oh, Yeah. Well, the thing that blows my mind is here's a guy who got a second chance, or if you want to be technical, he got a fourth chance. Yeah. And he fucking blew it. I'm still, like, my mind is boggled. <clears throat> All that technology. What are you going to do, buddy? Huh? You got to change what? I just got to change the battery. I just said it, folks. All this technology. I do dig all this shit, though. I mean, this is like, I want cameras. It's fun, man. It really is. Um, it's very easy to get caught up in uh, trying to beat somebody else. You know, it's like, 
this camera, so I want that camera. Right, right, right. Um, you know, I, I do want to say that when you told me, hey, when I saw on Facebook that you had gotten broken into, and then you had, one of your comments was, oh, and by the way, our interview was on one of those freaking cards, and it's gone. And I was, like, really bummed out. And the biggest reason was because I really thought we we had a really great spontaneous conversation and blah, blah, blah. But guess what? We're having it again. Thank you. Yeah, man. It's, uh, that's what I love about not being prepared for these. Fuck yeah. I thought about getting prepared and like jotting some questions down for this one, but I didn't. And we've had a great conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. The only question that I do have in my head that I really wanted, I've wanted to ask you about and I wish I had asked you about it in the last one. And that is, if you were to open up a restaurant, in, well, let's not even say it's in Syracuse. Let's say it's anywhere. Okay. So I want you to take away any responsibility, any like, okay, well, I have X saved, so I know it's only going to be that. Like, right, right, it's right. limitless. Now, it's not like you're going to go open up some 50,000. I want to open up a casino. Right, exactly. It's not that. But... There's no financial burden, and you can go anywhere okay, in the so world. Okay, so i got to be on anywhere in the world? Anywhere in the world. Oh, shit. We can do two. We can say one's going to be here in Syracuse. Okay, so listen, and that's cool. So the first one is here in Syracuse, and I started to hit on it a, a minute ago. The corner of Warren Street, and I think that might be, it's not Washington. What is it? Maybe Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's this empty thing that used to be a diner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for a long time, it was, uh, no, excuse me, for a short time, it was like a pizzerina joint. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I got the pizzerinas. <laughs> Get some chicken wiggies. <laughs> I still don't even understand that. It took me a long time to understand that riggies meant rigatonis, and I cannot <laughs> pronounce the word rigatoni because I don't know. Yeah. So I have to say chicken wiggies. What does that mean? I don't know. It was invented in Utica. No, it wasn't. I don't care. Anyway, (laughs) that space, for some reasons, because I kind of dig downtown. Yeah. And a lot of things, you know, it's really weird. Everything moved to the suburbs, and then people started to moving Mm -hmm. towards downtown again. And then I think recently things are starting to move out to the suburbs again. Yeah. But I dig downtown. Yeah. Because it's almost like living in an almost city. Right. And I want to do a diner there, like I started to hit on before. Yeah. But this diner, every last thing is made there. Mm-hmm. Cure your own bacon, yeah. smoke your own bacon. I can't grow my own chickens and get my own <laughs> eggs, but I got a friend of mine who does. <laughs> I mean, every last thing you can imagine is yeah. homemade. Um, I think you go into most diners right now, and it's all pretty much Cisco. Yeah, it it's is. It's all crap that they throw. You know, it, it, by the way, I'm going to be this guy. There was, you were starting to talk about some of restaurants that could fool you. Mm-hmm. There's a place in Fayetteville right on the main drag. A little before you get to the uh, Craftsman House. Mm-hmm. It's named after some old historical dude. Their whole thing is mm. we make everything, well, <laughs> we pull everything out of a can. Yeah. But we garnish it awful nice and we charge $40. It's like, yeah, 
That, like, that reminds me of the pizza shop, the pizzeria that says uh, we make our dough fresh every day. Well, like, you don't want to. Yeah, it's like you already <laughs> lost the battle. Yeah. John Vigilotti told me that freaking story. And I learned pizza from John Vigilotti, who was, he is a pizza genius, yeah. actually. And like, man, you know, people say they make their dough every day. <laughs> they already lost the battle. Right. So, but anyway, I want to do this. I'm talking about the most dinery menu you can imagine and i'm talking about for lunch hey you know what a blue plate special is gonna be some fucking meatloaf and mashed potatoes and fucking carrots but it's all made i love that perfectly yeah and the gravy's actual gravy because i mean you know do you have any idea how many people make gravy out of this thing called gravy mix i mean i still don't even understand it You've made all of this wonderful food and the quote-unquote drippings and this and that are available. Oh, no, wait. I dumped that down the drain. I actually worked with a guy, and I used to make a sauce out of this all this um, juice that was, uh, you know, a consequence of roasting all these beautiful chickens off. Mm -hmm. And I did have a line on these gorgeous organic chickens that were actually... Hmm. from the southern tier and they were the most gorgeous best hmm. chicken I've ever eaten in my life it was like eating kosher chicken from when I was a little boy but he would take all this gorgeous freaking juice and dump it down the drain wow and then I'd be like what are you doing I'm dumping it down the drain. like you're just an idiot get out of the <laughs> kitchen don't ever walk back in here you can be a bus boy but anyway, I want to make everything I do just like that. Yeah. Everything is from freaking scratch. Yeah, but Steve, how can you manage to do that? Well, I wouldn't be able to charge your average diner prices. Right. I'd have to charge premium prices. Yeah. But people would have to know that they're getting the best freaking actual stick-to-your-ribs food in Syracuse. And, you know, diners in downtown Syracuse kind of almost attract an element of seediness and this would keep them away anyway yeah i mean there aren't any really i mean if you think about like you have the miss syracuse diner um modern malts currently closed right 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 um and as you know modern malts on the card and you know god bless them but exactly in my opinion the day that d'onofrio stepped out of that kitchen Worst thing that ever happened said, to him. Enough said, buddy. Enough said. Um, and then the next closest that you get is like your, you know, you have the Market Diner, you have uh, Stella's, and you have the gym, you know. And How much of any of those places is made from scratch? The I, I will just say that I do the marketing for the Market Diner. So <laughs> I will say this. God bless the Market Diner. The Market Diner is America's Diner. That's what I, I've always I, said. I do want to uh, say one thing. Yeah. I've never been there, so I'm not going to judge. So I don't know. They actually do. He does quite a bit there. I love diner food. Yeah, so do I. I fr Listen, when somebody can come up to me and say, hey, we got a fucking meatloaf sandwich. Right. I want that meatloaf sandwich if it's done properly, if it's not yeah. crap. I mean, we all yearn for the foods that our mommy made. Yeah. Right. And if we don't, then there's a, there's a problem. Either your mommy <laughs> couldn't cook. <laughs> your mommy's drunk. Yeah. Um, or you just don't appreciate good food. I mean, people say, well, okay, here, here's a really weird example. You go into your first restaurant cooking job, and there's mashed potatoes on the, oh, excuse me, whipped garlic, whipped <laughs> potatoes <laughs> on the menu. 
and you have these douchebags, I mean, these wonderful guys <laughs> who have just graduated culinary school, and they're mashing these potatoes with heavy cream. And I always say, no, who made the best potato, mashed potatoes you ever had in your life? My mother. Did she use heavy cream? No, she used milk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but um, heavy cream is really cool. Uh, no, it blows my mind. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. If your mommy made it the best, and yeah. she did, right. make it like her. Yeah. My dad made the best in our house. But yeah. Oh, cool. Skin on or skin off for your mashed potatoes. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know what? Exactly. Sometimes right. yes, sometimes no. Yeah. You know what? It depends on what I'm doing. I mean, so when I'm cooking, I, I cook, I have my son three to four times a week. That means making three to four dinners. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's getting a little labor intensive. Yeah. Well, the biggest reason is, you know, we spent the late afternoon running around a freaking playground or hiking <laughs> at uh, freaking Pratt's Falls or this other. And I got to get him home and I got to make dinner. Yeah. So guess what? Sometimes I'm not taking the peels off those freaking potatoes. <laughs> if they're nice, fresh potatoes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really strange because, uh, and we did hit on this the last interview. Yeah. When this COVID thing first hit, I was fucking shot between the eyes because I was dead broke. Yeah. And I had no idea when unemployment was going to happen because I called 200 times a day for actually, I think it was five weeks, mm. five or six weeks. I had no idea where I was going to get a penny. So, and I've always known how, but I've never had to articulate it or whatever. I was feeding him, and I was cooking sick freaking yeah. meals from scratch for a buck ninety-five a plate. Yeah, we're talking about roast chicken with beans and rice. We're talking about making. You know what? I love. There's a local pizzeria that I order from all the time, and I love them. Mario and Salvo's is yeah. the greatest freaking guys. And their pizza is amazing. But you know what? If I can make the pizza dough for like 37 cents and I can make a pizza for, I don't know, let's say 3 or $4, it sure freaking beats paying $26 delivered, oh, including yeah. tip. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, tip everybody, please. <laughs> Even people, I don't know, people you don't know, people on the street, just tip them, all right? Um. So I became like kind of nutty about that, almost manic. It's all I thought about was, how can I put food on a plate three times a day for yeah. cheap as fuck? And I started writing a cookbook, mm. and it's basically cooking for trying times. Mm. And it's not me strutting my stuff. Like, yeah. Look how great I am. Oh, my That's God, awesome. I had this idea. It's like, hey, read this so you can feed your family for dirt freaking cheap mm. without feeding them garbage. That's pretty cool. It is actually, it's, it's coming along really well. It's taking, what was that? Oh. Um, I mean, it's slow. I'm not, I can't write the way I used to write. You know, I used to write, write for hours and hours and hours at a time, like weird shit. Um, this I can only write for an hour and a half or so a day. Yeah. That's big though. I mean, you know, like. Some writers say, you know, it's, you know, it's, you have to lock yourself in a closet and not come out until it's done. Yeah, but the thing is, I have other shit to do. Yeah. Otherwise, I would. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah. And not only that, so I spent the first, let's say, 
two and a half months of this quarantine cooking incredible stick to your ribs food and eating okay folks i'm up 23 pounds <laughs> i am i'm up 23 pounds i feel like it just, i can't even move the way i used to move and it kind of pisses me off yeah so um there's that my refrigerator is always full and i haven't spent anything on it yeah man it's it's amazing the people uh you know i quit smoking years ago uh three years ago when i met my wife and um uh i still miss it pretty much every single day uh but there is something about like there's no rhyme or reason to it but you can get some of the best shit out of you by just having a little too much to drink and smoking a pack of cigarettes um by the way i just want to say about smoking ladies and gentlemen this is really weird this is 2020 yeah i started smoking in 1966 (laughs) i was six years old i really need to quit smoking i really do (laughs) i really do i can't run nearly as far as i could i had my first cigarette at nine and i started smoking uh about a pack a day maybe in 2010 well so I was yeah. up to four packs a day for a while. Jesus. Yeah, it was nuts. That was back in, like, the early 80s. I was driving between here and um, southern Florida, um, part of the importing-exporting business. So, yeah, I, I smoked a lot. My, uh, my, the one thing I wish I could do, unfortunately, I know that if I go have a cigarette right now, I'm going to get sicker oh, than a hell. dog. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You're without having any nicotine, and then all of a sudden a fucking oh no, I know what you mean. Stick on fire yeah. delivery system right to my yeah. lungs. I'm gonna fucking get the cold sweats and feel like yeah. shit, and then I'm gonna have like five more, and I'm gonna feel great. Yeah, you're right. But if I could go back in time and do anything over again, or even just a new adventure, it would be a road trip across America with this is just my thing pretzels. Ice cold cans of Diet Coke and a pack of Marlboro Lights. Fuck. I I mean, with the exception of like another trip to Hawaii or something like that, I can't think of many things I would rather do. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Some good music. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean Hey dude, what do you listen to lately? Uh music wise, I've been uh well all right, actually, you know who I've been listening to? These people are never going to get the plug, but they're never going to know that I exist. There is this group, this dude on YouTube. He's got like a few hundred thousand subscribers. I'm going to give you his name because I'm obsessed with it. Um, they live in like Cleveland, like right near Lake Erie. And uh, his name is Chase. Let's see. It's going to pop up. I'm pulling up on YouTube now. His name is Chase Eagleson. He's got 584 really? subscribers. He's a looks like he's like 22, 23. And him and I can't tell if it's his sister or his girlfriend. I know that sounds weird, but I'm pretty sure it's his It's only if it's it's only weird if it's both. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically them like huh. This video, they're on the shore. So this is a Bon Iver uh cover. Okay. A song called Roslyn. Just really like kind of haunting, kind of creepy, romantic sort of uh, song. But I like it better than the original. 
They're sitting on the shores of Lake Erie at sunset, for those of you that can't see this, with the same digital recorder that I have. Cool. They used to have a microphone attached. Like, so they have the same gear. In other words, they're producing this, and it's not. they don't have like some... Douchebag. Crazy, huge, like, no recording studio brought their gear to the shores of Lake Erie. They set up a camera. That's, that's nice. And that recorder at sunset. And uh, so th- I've been, oddly enough, I've been listening to that on, like, repeat at really? work. Um, also, uh, Sirius XM has this channel called The Bridge. And it's uh, Channel 17. And it's basically, like, old, uh, like, Music from like the 60s and the 70s. It's a lot of like James Taylor, Carly Simon. Uh, what was that guy's? Um, uh, is it Captain Hook or Dr. Hook? Uh, oh, wait, wait, stop. There was Captain Hook and there was Dr. Hook. Oh, man. But Dr. Hook did things like um, she was only 16. By the way, that was a cover of a Sam Cooke um, tune. Was it really? She was only 16, only 16, if... with eyes that would glow. Uh, sharing the night together. <clears throat> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah dude. man. Yeah. It's a lot of that stuff on there. It's, uh, for some reason, man, I've been listening to that. I it's love crazy. It. Like, okay, so I've been listening to real, dude, I listen to weird, weird music all oh, the yeah. time. So have you ever heard of the Fugs? No. They were uh, in the 60s, and they did they, they were horrible, and I love them. Um, so I've been listening to the Fugs a little bit, um, but I've been listening to a lot of, like, 90s trip-hop, like mm. uh, like Tricky and, and like, mm. Massive Attack and shit like that. Yeah. And because it makes me calm and I don't want to murder people. <laughs> um I love and I listen to a shitload of Van Morrison and a lot yeah. of the band too. Hmm. Um, the, a lot of the music that I used to listen to that I used to be obsessed with, mm-hmm. I can't listen to anymore because it makes me like. First of all, I was such a Rolling Stones fanatic hmm. that I followed them around the country the way people used to follow the wow. Dead. Yeah, um, and then now that they're like. In their 90s, <laughs> and they won't just go away. I'm, yeah. like, a little bit pissed off. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like they, they just need... Look, you guys have made billions. Yeah. Just go away, That's please. Um, but I don't even... Uh, again, I... By the way, you know this Billie Eilish? Yeah. There is a certain thing in me that, for the last year, has been obsessed with her. Yeah. Um, I just started listening to some of her like acoustic stuff she's put out online. I detest pop music, and she's amazing, and yeah. I'm also a freak about Lana Del Rey. Yeah. Uh, I've never really gotten into Lana Del Rey stuff. Some of her shit is just gorgeousness. There's some stuff that, like, um, uh, like there's some of like the hits on the radio right. like, from the weekend that I like. <clears throat> um, I really like, you know, my two favorite, I would say, like, modern-day artists would be... Uh, Chance the Rapper okay. and Childish Gambino. Childish, dude, that dude's kind of a minor genius. Childish, yeah, it's, he's fucking insane. Like, I didn't know. Honestly, what... yeah, both of them. Like Chance the Rapper and his ability to just fucking uh, like go off of everything, right? Like everything's not what it should be. Um, well, the, the thing that blows my mind is, uh, you know. There was something in me when I first heard of this thing called Childish Gambino. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell is this? Yeah. And I immediately formed a shitty opinion. Yeah. So, like, no, dude, that's not like you. So I listened to some of his shit. And then I listened to some interviews. Like, 
he's mildly brilliant. Yeah. Like, and I don't know anything about Chance the Rapper. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. So maybe I need to delve into that. He's pretty fucking talented. Um, he's a Christian. And so pretty much every white Christian in America absolutely loves Chance really? the Rapper because of that. And uh, even though, like, I'm a Christian, I don't follow any of it. Uh, I do have to give him props because, like, the the guy on uh, like went on the Grammys and was doing like a uh, song that you would do in church. Uh huh. Really? You know? So like that takes balls nowadays, you know. Um, uh, and granted, that was two years ago, but uh, he's just he's fucking talented. He's re- I need to check this out. I know nothing about. I've heard the name yeah. for a couple of years, but I know nothing about him. He takes a bunch of risks with like his late night performances. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, man, lately I've been listening to, when I, when I was a kid and we would go on road trips, my parents would always pop in the, we had like the blue zippable, like looked like a small igloo container, but it was all right, I know exactly tapes. what you're talking about, buddy. And they had like Seals and Crofts, they had Carol King's Tapestry, they had James Taylor, you know, and Michael Bolton, like all of that shit. Um, so I, when I was a little kid and my sister got, I got two sisters that are much, 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 much older than me. But one of them got the Tapestry album. Mm, that's such a good album. I listened to it over and over and over as a kid, and I believe I was 11 years old. I was 71, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I know every word of that, and it's yeah. amazing. Um, you did, by the way, throw out this name, Michael Bolton. Yeah, man, Michael Bolton. Time, love, and tenderness, man. Michael Bolton. I don't even know that song. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm, Michael I'm Bolton from the 90s? quite happy. I don't oh, know. Or 80s uh, I know some of the other stuff he did with Kenny G. <laughs> it's like, so I yeah, always man. used to call that music corn syrup for oh, the ears. Oh, for sure, man. It was yeah. like it dripped into your ears and it kind of wouldn't drain out. Yeah, it was the same thing with, uh, like, or that. it was probably years before, but, like, I swear from... Uh, what was that? Oh, my God. Group? I was, swear. Yeah, what was that group? Oh, my God. I, I don't know. <laughs> it I'm, was all I'm, of that, man. I'm really happy. I don't we were know. into all of that. That was back when, when I was a kid. I used to sit at home with, uh, like, after school with the, uh, like, 90, it wasn't 93Q, but it was one of those stations. Um, right. And uh, my, you know, my stereo with the empty, the blank cassettes and, like, time it right so I could record the songs and have Me, you my miss it, man. Yeah, man. So I grew up at a very strange time. So I have a sister who's, well, she's in her late 70s now. But back in the 60s when I was born, she, like, worked for a radio station, WOLF. Oh, nice. And by the way, back then, there was no such thing as real FM radio. FM radio played opera and symphonic music back then. And she used to bring home albums all the time. Mm. But even before she worked there, when she was, like, um, in high school and college, she would bring home these albums, and like one of them was called "Meet the Beatles." <laughs> so I was four years old, and I was totally yeah. freaked out about the Beatles. But when she brought home the Doors' first album <laughs> and the Beatles, um, what is that? Sergeant Pepper's, mm, and I think yeah. they came out both on the same day. Okay, changed my life forever. Wow. But also, I remember driving or riding hmm. in her 65 Galaxy 500 convertible by Manly <laughs> Field House. And this guy comes on the radio and he said, hey, hey, you, you get off of my cloud. <laughs> and I said, Sally, um, what, uh, what, what does he mean by um, 
get off of my cloud. And basically <laughs> she said, well, it means like, don't give me your shit. And yeah. I'm like, um, Sally, that's my favorite song. <laughs> it's still my favorite song. And the Rolling Stones will always have like, they were my favorite thing for years and years and years and years. But as I said before, they just need to go away. Yeah. My favorite band of all time is the Counting Crows. Really? I would. I remember them. A oh, lot. God, dude. Like when, when, uh, I mean, when. Wait a minute. Are they, I was going to say, that's not the me and Mr. Jones, dude. That's, yeah, that is. It is? Yeah. Wait, so wait a minute. What's those? Oh, the Black Crows is the one that I just. Yeah, yeah okay, okay. Yeah, they just. Yeah. Yeah, man. But the Counting Crows, I mean, ooh, buddy, you give me. Uh, that was the 90s, dude. Yeah, you give me a crisp fall day with uh, a, my now, because I'm going to. So I stopped smoking my pipe. I think I'm going to get back into it. Uh, and so you give me my pipe and a cup of coffee or a beer and a crisp fall day with some counting crows. Really? That's pretty much my perfect so day. So when right that there. shit was happening, it was counting crows and uh, some of this more of this will come back to me. I was working at Pascal's downtown. Uh, I worked there, I think, three times hmm. um, for like a couple <laughs> years each. And uh, there was there were always very strange um, circumstances, but the music that was going on in the '90s was not just Pearl Jam mm-hmm. or Nirvana, but it was a lot of that other wild shit. Yeah, man. Um, when I say wild shit, I mean because during the '80s, you basically things transformed into hair bands, yeah, and other forms of garbage, right. And I feel bad for these hair bands. You know what's really <laughs> crazy? I saw within the last couple of years. What's the name of that um, band? Like, oh my god, I can't remember it. Anyway, they, I saw a video and they all had this gorgeous hair and these cute little outfits. These guys, and I'm like, it could have been any of them. I'm like, oh my god, they're hot. I would like <laughs> totally have sex with all of them, and they would call me daddy. Okay, um, I can't remember like. I, I wish I could remember that one hit song. Is this love that I'm feeling? Is this the love? Oh, my God. What are they called? White Snake. Oh, White Snake. It's like those guys yeah. were the hottest girls of the <laughs> 80s. I am not kidding you. I've never seen it. Yeah. I saw this video. This is like months ago. And I'm like, those are the hottest girls I've ever seen. Yeah, man. You went from that into the 90s when you had like everything from... You know, rap was getting more aggressive. Yep, yep, yep. You had... Oh, dude, I was totally into Dre. Yeah. Totally into Dre back in 91. You had your rock and roll that was, you know, your hard rock, your grunge that was... You even had Tool, for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah, but then you also had your, like, depressed, uh, don't talk to me, I just want to write my poems, Counting Crows type of band. Right, right, right. Were... Do you know, I got to say, so this dude turns me on. He's a great guy. I used to work with him a long time ago. And he, I never knew what... Um, I go, well, dude, what do you listen to? And he's like, I listen to shoegaze. <laughs> I'm like, I, like what, what do you mean? Like, do you mean like you stare at your shoes while you're listening to music? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. But that was kind of 90s E yeah. and early 2000s E yeah, too. I'm yeah. like, and I still don't get it. It's like, you're just weird because <laughs> you can listen to whatever music you want and you can stare at your shoes all you want too. Um, I don't know that that's a it. genre. <laughs> it's called shoegaze. Yeah, man. Oh, shit. Well, this has been good, man. You're the fucking greatest. Yeah. 
you know, good time. Glad to have an afternoon beer with you. And you're chat. the best. And this is great beer too. Yeah, man. I'm gonna go get some right Shout now. Shout out to Talking Cursive. So uh, tell people they want to try your food. Where can they go? So it's this very moment down at the fabulous Gildy Club. We got this cute little. First of all, it's a great speakeasy. And I have a cute little, I call it the Gilded Bites menu. And again, we're not a dining destination, but you know, when you have a few drinks, you want something to eat. But ladies and gentlemen, during this whole covid fiasco, you actually are required to order food. Yeah, The food's not expensive and it's all homemade and it's fucking delicious. Yeah, man. Um, but I'm also wor- I'm working on a catering company. I want to get some catering done because there's so many... Um, weddings that have been canceled. Yeah. That are rescheduled for 2021. Yeah. And uh, there's going to be a shit ton of weddings. In well, let me just say those brides and grooms deserve my food. Yeah. Um, and I, I've got a bunch of projects going on. So, yeah. Well, people, I mean, they can find you on Instagram. Absolutely. Freaking Lutely. Facebook. Right? Absolutely. So hit up Chef Steve Samuels. You're the greatest. You Thanks. take it easy, bro. Thanks, man. <laughs> Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out this week's edition of the Eat Local New York podcast. Again, special shout out to my guest, Steve Samuels, for coming down and uh, sitting with me again for another couple hours to talk about absolutely nothing and everything all at the same time. Great conversation. Great time spent with him. Great beers enjoyed. For, great beers enjoyed from Talking Cursive Brewing Company. Bobby fans are people too, people. And uh, great beer, that double New England IPA. Don't forget to check out don't forget to check out Peaks Coffee Company and Gearhard's restaurant equipment and supplies. Thank you so much. We're gonna catch you at the next episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. Mm-hmm.